that Bruce will be teaching from is from Ecclesiastes and the second one's from Ephesians. So it's chapter 3 from Ecclesiastes and I'm reading verses 1 to 11. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and indeed a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak up, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. Now the second passage is from Paul's letter to the people, to the family of Jesus in Ephesus, and we're reading chapter 5, verses 8 through 20, and it's on page 1176 in your Bibles. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 through to 20. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, it's great to be here today. Let me say, I don't know if I'd make a great African pastor. I don't know if I'm fit enough for it. I think when Africans say one more time, it's slightly different to what we mean in Western culture. <laughs> they get right into it. Anyway, it's great to have Dave here singing. And uh, Dave, where are you, Dave? We might be outside, but anyway, it's been such a joy having Dave as part of the church. Let me pray as we begin this new year and think about what God's word has to say to us this day. Father, we do thank you for this day. We wish to start the year well in all ways, but particularly with you and to have you at the centre of our lives for the year ahead. And so, Father, do speak into our lives from your word this day that will guide us for the, year, for the months and days ahead. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Well, let me say, I hope you had a very enjoyable evening last night. Um, I wonder, was anyone on a boat on Sydney Harbour last night? Well, you must be one of the latest ones to come back. And so I've had the least amount of sleep. I've done that once, and it's a great experience, but you don't get much sleep. Um, It's interesting to be here today, and I do want to thank you for coming. I think it's a great place to be on this day as we start the year to be in church together and to worship the risen Lord Jesus and to reflect on his word. I think it's the best way you can ever start the year ahead. And New Year's Day is an important day. Uh, It's kind of a hinge. It marks the end of one year and the beginning of another. And it's interesting when you look back and reflect on life and reflect back on the last 12 months, who would have thought 12 months ago that in three weeks' time, Trump will be the President of the United States of America? Who would have predicted that the UK would vote to leave the UK? It's been a very interesting year in terms of politics. Uh, And you only have to note our own local scene. I don't think anyone would have predicted the success of One Nation and the rise from the ashes of Pauline Hanson. Uh, But sadly, it's a year where, again, we've seen terrible violence. And you see there the photo of uh, the aftermath and the wake in the light of the bombing in Brussels uh, with Islamic terrorism. Very interesting in terms of world politics. I don't know if you registered this, but the fifth largest nuclear test took place at the beginning of last year in North Korea. It registered a 5.1 magnitude seismic event as they tested nuclear um, potential. Scary thought. But it's also been an interesting year for sport. I love sport and a great fairy tale story for those who love the Cronulla Sharks. Any Sharks fans here today? We've got a couple. Yes, the fairy tale came true. They won the premiership first time. But if you're an AFL follower, there was also an even greater fairy tale from seventh position on the ladder. They went through to claim the crown, unfortunately, against the Swans. Uh, But it was a great story. And the one that really captured my heart, if you like rugby, uh, is the Fiji Sevens won the Olympic gold medal. And that was the first ever gold medal for Fiji. So significant was it they declared a national holiday uh, in Fiji. And there were literally, they had a stadium that seats 18,000. It was full to overflowing when the team came back. And for those who like uh, movies, not just one Star Wars movie released, but two. Incredible. But I had to put something in for those who love the royal family. It was the 90th birthday of the Queen. And uh, if you're from the UK, you'll know that was a very significant moment. We were over there just afterwards and I was surprised, um, taken by just how significant it was. She is very loved in uh, the UK, particularly in England. Now, it's not just important today in terms of looking back. It's a day to uh, look forward. And the government actually gives us a public holiday. Thank you, Australia. We love this. Um, And I want to say it's a great thing because it's a day where you can stop and reflect. And just have a look at um, this little cartoon. I do like it. Um, You've got these two characters talking, the one on the left. So, New Year's resolutions. You go first. Okay. Well, I've resolved to stop being judgmental of others. Okay. Well, I've resolved to start using hermal remedies instead of going to the doctor. Oh, I just broke my resolution. (laughs) We have any hermal remedy people here? We do love you. But what are we as Christians to think of this day? And what are we to think of the year ahead? I think the reading from Ecclesiastes is a very important one. There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. 
a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. And I would say to us, I think the time that New Year's Day brings is a time to stop and reflect. Uh, We've had the partying and the festivities of yesterday on New Year's Eve, and we have this day where we literally can stop work. And I think as Christians, you would want to encourage people to stop on this day and reflect about life and reflect about particularly our relationship with God. And it is a day to be together as God's people so we can stop and reset the compass for the year ahead. And what better way to do that than to think about what the Word of God has to say to us. And I want to speak particularly from Ephesians 5 and the second reading. If you've got it there, uh, we're on page 1176. And I want to make a few points of reflection from this passage. And the first one is this, as we think about the year ahead, is that I think one of the most important things we can re- affirm in our own minds as we start the year is to actually remember who we are as God's people. And Paul starts this section of the letter to Ephesians by reminding them of their identity. Now, there's a lot that's gone before this. I'm not going to go into that today. We pick up from verse 8, and it's a very striking statement of identity. He says in verse 8, for you were once darkness... But now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness and truth. You are now light in the Lord. The question of identity is fundamental to human existence. To answer the question, who am I? It's a very significant question to grapple with. And I think as I look back on the past year, what's been significant for me in our national culture is the way our identity is being shaped in particular ways and forms. And the question of who we are as Australians and how we understand ourselves is very much part of the national debate. And you think about the question, what does it mean to be an Australian? It's a very important question. And there's no doubt the last 12 months, there's been many particular issues that have spoken into this debate about national identity. We've had the ongoing debate about issues such as asylum seekers and immigration in the question of being Australian. One politician raised the question, have we come to the point where no one is welcome to this country? We've had the growth of Islam within our own country and you saw the billboard advertising the One Nation platform. The emergence of radical Muslims with ISIS connections bring terrorism to our shores. Who would have thought that St Paul's Cathedral in Melbourne would be a target for a terrorist attack 10 years ago. Now, alongside that, there's been the rise of a more radical secularism that would seek to eradicate religion from the public debate and very much want scripture removed from schools. I'm sure you're familiar with these debates. And it's against the backdrop of what does it mean to be an Australian and to what extent are we a Christian country? It's the question of identity. And the other way we're being pressed to define ourselves increasingly is by our sexuality. Now, when I grew up 50 years ago as a young lad, I'm 52 now, 
Um, we defined ourselves primarily by biology, not by sexual orientation. Uh, you were a man or you were a woman, and you grew up as a boy and a girl into that sense of identity. Today, we're being pushed to define ourselves in a primary way by our sexual orientation. I didn't know these letters until five years ago, LGBTI. I'm sure you're very familiar with them now um, because they are letters to define your sexual orientation. The interesting one is they haven't got straight there. Now, it's an interesting phenomenon. Is that who we are, our sexual orientation? Not just our biology, male and female. Now, I'm not going to answer those questions on those very important debates, and there's very important things we need to think about and reflect on and have a Christian response that is insightful and compassionate. But we need to start the year very clearly understanding who we are as followers of the Lord Jesus. And the Bible has a very clear answer. It says, you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. And I want you to reflect on that very short phrase, you are light. In the Lord. It's a very striking phrase. And I say that because in the Bible, the phrase light is directly correlated with who God is. God is light. And it reflects on the reality that He is the one who is full of truth, He is full of goodness, He is righteous. And what Paul is saying is when you come to the Lord Jesus Christ, you are light. It's in the Lord. That's who we are. That's who you are if you're a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are light. In other words, you are part of the family of God that is to be light. You once were darkness. In other words, who we were were people who were lost. And darkness in Ephesians represents ignorance. It represents hard hearts. It represents indulgent, self-essential lifestyles. It represents greed. That's Ephesians chapter 4, verse 18, to be in the dark. And if I can sum up that description of Australians in the dark in a more colloquial term or phrase, it would be this, to be in the dark is to be ignorant about God and to not really care about the question of God. We're apathetic to the reality of spiritual life. Is classic kind of Australian culture. Rather, we think life is about us getting as much out of it for ourselves as we can. So we lap up every experience that we can be a part of. We party, we drink, we enjoy. That's what life is about. It's built on a materialistic view of life. And the Bible would say that is the darkness to be separated from the light and the life that is in Jesus Christ. And friends, who are we? We are light. And we're to be people who reflect the truth and the goodness and the righteousness of who God is. We are that in him. So friends, as you walk out today, make one of your resolutions to shine like light because that's actually who you are as a follower of the Lord Jesus. But secondly, he says, remember how to live. So remember who you are. And I want to say as we start the year, remember how we are to live this year. He says in verse 10, find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them, for it's shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, and everything exposed by the light becomes visible, 
for it is light that makes everything visible. That's why it's said, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. In other words, his light will bring life. Who we are is to instruct how we are to live. And I know that many people will be thinking about the year ahead. I think the most important question we've got to ask at this time, given that we are followers of the Lord Jesus, is how will we live in this year ahead? And the phrase that strikes me is this, find out what pleases the Lord. In other words, it's not going to come automatically to us. The Bible calls us to be reflective people who engage the grey matter and think about lifestyle and how we live. And I think the wonder of today is you actually have some time and space to do that. And you may need more time and space than just one day, but we actually need to stop and listen to what God's Word says here and think about how we please the Lord and think deeply about it and resolve not to be caught up in the fruitless deeds, if I can say, of the culture around us that is dark. Now, look, there's many wonderful things about Australian culture, but at the centre of it is not the Lord Jesus Christ. And every year, there is a growing sense of godlessness and unholiness about the culture that surrounds us. And I think one of the biggest issues for us as Christians is how do we, if I can put it this way, maintain our witness and love and engagement with the world. We must not withdraw from the world. We must be in the world. But to do that in a way that reflects the godliness and the holiness of our God. We must not retreat in the year ahead. This world more than ever needs the light of the gospel and the love of God's people to be brought to it. And we are called to be that as light. But the challenge is how you be light and not be affected by the darkness. And the question of godliness and holiness is fundamental for us because that is part and parcel of how we will shine light is by the difference of our lifestyle, as we engage, as we love, as we care, and as we speak words of truth into this culture with grace and wisdom and love. So who are you? If you're a follower of Christ, you are the light in the Lord. How we live? Thoughtfully, bringing the light and the love and the goodness of God to bear in our world. And I want to say, seize the year ahead. We must not be uh, filled with fear and trepidation. And there are many fear mongers that you'll always hear about. The woe is the world. And look, there are many reasons why you can say that and live in fear. But I don't want to say that to us this morning. We need to actually seize the opportunities and go forward in the strength and the wonder of the gospel and in our identity as being children of the light, who are the light. Verse 15 says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Now just think about this. There is a reality to the evil that is in this world. You only have to open the newspaper every day to see the reality of that and the darkness that pervades our culture. But Paul does not say run away 
because the days are evil, he says, no, make the most of every opportunity. It's the whole sense that we need to be engaged in this world thoughtfully. Be very careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, thoughtful, but engaged and opportunistic, making the most of every opportunity that comes. Therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And just stop about and think about the language here. Be careful. Make the most of opportunities. Don't be foolish. Understand what the Lord's will is. Being a Christian requires us to not just believe the gospel. As wonderful as that is, and we must believe the gospel, the great announcement that God has sent his son into the world at Christmas time and at Easter that he's died on a cross for our sins, he's risen again to give us new life. Yes, we must absolutely embrace that and believe that. It's the foundation for our life. But we must then reflect on what that means for us and reflect deeply. And in a world of 140 tweet characters, of endless Facebook posts, a media cycle that is now not daily but appears to be hourly with the rise of social media, I would encourage you to take time out and stop and think. And think about the model of the Lord Jesus who, when weary, would find space and silence and he would withdraw. And you need to do that daily to have a time with the Lord in his word, reading and praying. We need to do that, if I can say, periodically. You might once a month have time just to stop and think. But I would say the start of a year, absolutely. We need to stop and think about the year ahead and how we will seize the year for godly purposes. Firmly resolve that we are light in the Lord. And very clear that we want to live to please the Lord this year. The question for me is, where am I heading in my life with God? What is actually driving me as a person? And I'd ask you the same questions. Where are you heading this year in your life with God in 2017? And what's actually driving you and motivating you? Is it to please the Lord and to make the most of your life in this year ahead? Let's just stop and think about this text today. I just want us to stop and think about some questions. How will you grow closer to the living God this year? Very important question to ask. Now, you may be here as someone who's not quite sure. You're a seeker, and we would love to welcome you on that journey. And we'd encourage you to take part in a course like Soul. You might like to get together with someone and just read through one book of the Bible. We've got many people who can do that with John's Gospel, a great executive summary of the Christian faith. If you'd like to do that, put it on the Connect card. But a question for all of us is how will we grow closer to God this year and allow his light to shine in us and through us? Another question, very pragmatic and practical one, is how will you spend time with God reading his word and praying this year? And I think it's always a great time to reset, if I can say, habits and patterns at the start of a year. Um, you might have finished the year strong. You might have just limped into the year, end of the year. It doesn't matter. It's a new year, okay? And that's the great thing about 1st of January. Uh, the old year's gone. New year started. 
And it's a great year to start, a great day to reset patterns of connecting with God in his word and in prayer. A very important question to ask as you start the year is, how will you meet with other Christians for fellowship? The reality is, none of us can do the Christian faith alone as a solo journey. We need each other in that journey. And we need to have fellowship in the sense of someone we can talk with, be accountable to, love and care for, very important, it's reciprocal, and study the word together and put into practice in our life and pray and care and be involved in ministry. How will you meet with other Christians for fellowship, Bible study and prayer? We need each other. Another important question to assess at the start of the year is how will you use your gifts to grow the gospel? Our vision is in this church to grow God's church through the gospel. And so how are you going to be engaged to do that as we seek to make faithful disciples? Very important question. You need someone to talk to. The staff would love to. You can have a trusted Christian friend. Another question I think worth reflecting on this is, what is the one issue in your life that you would most like to change as a Christian? I do want you to think about that one as you go away today. What's the one issue in your life that you think, boy, I'd really love to see growth in this area? Or it may be that there's a real area of ungodliness that you need to get rid of. And you need to talk to someone and have some accountability. Because you say, this is the area that's holding me back in my Christian faith. Have a look at um, this cartoon. Because one of the things we need to do is actually make a resolution and make decisions. And I think making New Year's resolutions is a helpful thing, but not quite like this one. What exactly is a New Year's resolution? It's a to-do list for the first week in January. (laughs) I made a decision last year, uh, a resolution. I didn't tell many people about it until at least halfway through the year. Um, I stopped drinking alcohol last year. And the reason I did that was not because I had an alcohol problem. It's worth uh, just sharing that with my congregation. (laughs) Uh, In fact, I didn't drink a lot, uh, though I did enjoy a beer, and I would often say there's nothing nicer than a cold beer on a hot summer's afternoon after mowing the lawn. Um, That's a great pleasure in the Australian culture. But the reality was that I discovered over my time here, sadly, too many people in Manly struggle greatly with alcohol. But not just Manly, too many people here at St Matthew's have had a problem with alcohol. Some acknowledge it, some have not acknowledged it. Some are blind to the effects of it. And I say this not to condemn anyone, but rather to acknowledge a problem rarely spoken about. It's a massive issue in the Australian culture. Uh, If I can say the acceptance of regular drinking of alcohol and significant quantities of alcohol. And it creates all sorts of health problems. One of the significant issues that I've had to deal with is domestic violence, often alcohol-related. Homelessness, often alcohol-related. And Kath and I had a pastoral issue on the 30th of December last year, or the year before that, And I remember sitting with someone who was struggling greatly. They're now in rehab. They're out of Manly for reasons to do with 
It's not a helpful environment for them. And I remember encouraging them to, you didn't need to drink. And I remember thinking, I need to walk with you on that journey. And I've given up alcohol because I want to walk with anyone who is struggling. I don't want to be here to condemn anyone. All of us will have issues that we struggle with and alcohol is one of these silent problems in our society. And if you're someone who's struggling with that today, I want to walk with you in that. And if you want to come and tell me quietly, I will be praying for you. But it's a massive issue in our country. It's a massive issue here in Manly and it is an issue here at St Matthew's. Not for lots of people, but for some. And I mention this today because I made a resolution last year that I would stop. And I'm going to continue to walk that journey so I can walk with anyone who needs the encouragement of a brother along the road of sobriety. And let me say, it does help your weight, which is a good thing. And what's fascinating is in this passage, it finishes with these words. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your hearts to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul puts it this way. He says, put your excessive drinking away. Now, let me say, I'm not here today to say no one should drink alcohol. Okay, don't hear me wrongly. But our culture is not one that is handling that well. And I would ask you uh, to think about the way you drink. Alcohol is a depressant. It will slowly destroy you. The Holy Spirit, if I can use medical language, is a stimulant. And it will bring life and restore you, not destroy you. And Paul says, don't get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. And the result of that is you'll speak to one another with psalms, hymns and spiritual songs. You'll sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. You'll be full of thanks to God the Father. And this is the reality of the Spirit-filled life. There is a joy that is just so remarkable. As you know the living God with you and you're filled with his presence throughout the day and throughout the week and throughout the month, that you can just have one drink and celebrate and leave it there. Because there's something greater in your life bringing you joy. And Nehemiah says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And friends, I would say to us as we start the year, be people who are filled with the Spirit of God. Who understand themselves to be light in the Lord. And on this day, think deeply about what it will mean to please the Lord in the year ahead. What's your New Year's resolution this day? Let's stop and pray. And I'm going to allow us just a minute to be quiet and reflect and respond to God's word this morning on this New Year's Day. Let's stop and be quiet and pray to the living God.
Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this year ahead. We thank you that all, that for all that has gone before us in this past 12 months of 2016. And we pray and ask that at the centre of our lives would be the Lord Jesus, that we would understand ourselves to be light in the Lord, people who are called to shine your light in the world, a world that's full of darkness where the days are evil. Help us to stop and think about how our lives will please you. We pray, give us wisdom to seize every opportunity that comes to us this year. Father, we don't want to retreat from this world, but we want to be part of growing your church through the gospel and bring your love, grace and truth to bear in all situations. And so, Father, on this day, we resolve to serve you as your children and as your people, to lead lives that reflect your holiness and goodness, to have feet that are fitted with the gospel and ready to share the message of love and forgiveness and eternal life that comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we dedicate this year to your purposes and for your glory and the growing of your church through the gospel. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.